Call today for your free HVAC cleaning estimate. It's 100% free, and nobody has the equipment or expertise to clean HVAC like we do. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726. Affordable choices for healthy living. Sheridan County School District 2 is looking for a caring, patient, supportive paraprofessional to join the district team. Work seven hours a day, Monday through Friday, from August 30th to June 2nd. The starting wage is $14.47 to $16.57, depending on experience. Benefits include medical, dental, and vision insurance, a flex share plan, paid life insurance, sick leave, personal paid leave, and employee pension. To learn more or to apply, visit the district website, scsd2.com. Remember when your dad used to yell through the bathroom door? Hey, in there, did you fall in? Well, if you actually did fall in, then you might need the calming, health-giving effects you can only get from the health nut. Aisle after aisle of supplements, vitamins and minerals, an all-natural soup, salad, and smoothie bar, as well as a health food grocery and gift shop. So get good with the world. Be happy when you get healthy. And that starts at the health nut in Sheridan's Fifth Street Mall. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Dr. Colin Hardy and his team at Atlas Chiropractic are here to help. When your spine is out of alignment or subluxated, the nervous system can't function properly. Spinal misalignments can lead not only to headaches and back pain, but also sleeplessness, chronic tiredness, decreased immunity, and general malaise. Don't wait. Call Atlas Chiropractic today for a free examination and consultation with Dr. Hardy. It's time to spring into a healthier you at Atlas Chiropractic. Sheridan's premier wellness center. Call 672-6000 to schedule your appointment. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real. It may be happening to you. It ended up being a lot every month. These are the voices of frustration. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope for millions of people. There's radio. Radio? Radio with zero down and zero per month. Radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want when you want it for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connection required. Here's my card number. It's 7354. Don't speak. When you listen to a Sheridan Media radio station, you'll never need that. This is so wonderful. (laughs) Yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. I could use a hug. (laughs) It's radio. No subscription required. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. Brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, the Sheridan Memorial Hospital primary care practice is the initial point of contact for patients of all ages dealing with non-emergent medical needs. This morning, I am joined by the medical director at Sheridan Memorial Hospital Primary Care, Dr. Christopher Chamber. 
and from Family Medicine Primary Care, Dr. Erica Rinker, and the Chief Development Officer at Sheridan Memorial Hospital and the Foundation, Mr. Cody Sinclair. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm honored to have you guys in here. Uh, I greatly appreciate you coming in, taking some time out of I, what I know has got to be some very busy schedules uh, to come in and kind of enlighten us on uh, primary care and uh, this new step at Sheridan Memorial Hospital. Uh, if, so first, what I would like to do is get to know you just a little bit better uh, as our primary care doctors. Uh, so Dr. Schamberg, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, so I grew up in, uh, born in Riverton, grew up in Green River, um, went to school at Western Wyoming Community College and the University of Wyoming, and went to med school out in Seattle and came right back to Wyoming. Uh, I'm an outdoors kind of guy, hunt, fish, camp, bike, run, uh, everything Sheridan has to offer. And I'm excited uh, to be here for the last eight years. What, what years were you at WikiWack? 2001 to 2003. You and I were there at the same time. Okay. You and I were there at the same time. Uh, yeah, it, we'll talk after. Wow, that surprises me. That's pretty cool. Uh, what inspired you to become a doctor, though? I mean, this is no small commitment, is it? It's not. I, I think I was about eight years old. My mom worked for a family uh, doc, and uh, she was a receptionist, so we spent a lot of after-school hours there Um under the desk at you know at her desk at working on schoolwork and things like that yeah and this was the kind the, the doc that took care of everything no matter what your age was he 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 seemed to fix things and so that really that that sensational idea of a doctor back then and then i got into high school biology anatomy and physiology and i was like okay this is the science behind what medicine is about and i'm i'm all in yeah and, and that was it so, it's like almost like a fascination a little bit that's right yeah uh, you fell in love with the science and the idea to care for someone who was afflicted with anything. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely amazing. Now, uh, Dr. Rinker, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, good morning. So I had a similar path to Dr. Shamber. I grew up in small towns. I'm a Montana girl. And being here in Sheridan, my kiddos and I have just moved here, and we've loved the outdoors and and everything also that Sheridan has to offer. Um, I think what drew me to medicine was similar to Dr. Shamber. Growing up in small towns, the doctor was kind of the leader. He was someone that you could go to for anything. He knew people's journeys. He knew their lives. It was about relationships. And then similar when I got into other parts of my education, I really loved science. And it's hard to go into science fields and come back to small towns. So yeah. medicine offered a way to have relationships with people going forward, but also kind of get to use my passion of science and, and medicine. You know, there is this beautiful, seemingly like very American image of the doctor with the black bag and coming in, mm -hmm. everything's going to be okay now, isn't there? I mean, that's that's almost like a, it's very Americana. I'm sure Europe's got their uh, idea, but but to have that family doctor, that sense of trust and dependability, uh, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And and not not to talk down on anyone living in a large city, but there is a little bit of a disconnect, I think. Uh, that you don't get there like you do in these small towns. Uh, do you feel the same? I do. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
you, just a different way to have relationships with people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Knowing your neighbor. Yeah, you know, I mm-hmm. brought you into this world, kid. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's you know that old phrase. So uh, now, uh, Mr. Sinclair, move this microphone so I could see you. Uh, what inspired you, and and why did you choose to work for the hospital in the capacity that you do? Yeah, you know, I think I grew up similarly, small town Wyoming, grew up in Thermopolis. Um, you know, there's a real uh, connection to the community when you grow up in, in places like Riverton and Thermopolis and, you know, small town Montana. Um, I went away, was in the, the military and service. And, and I think that if there's anywhere that nails service to the community is the hospital from from birth to death, uh, the hospital is here to, to take care of, of this community and the people are just amazing. I mean, you see the people that you get to work with every day and their heart and soul is on caring for people. And and so it's a great um, just place to work, organization, culture. Uh, those are the things that really pulled me to the hospital and, and just energized me every day. Mr. Sinclair, I did not know that you served in the military. Thank you're, you for your service. You're welcome. Thank you. I know you did as well. I so did. thank you. Yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, it was a great part of my life, but I also think that uh, getting back to Wyoming, we knew eventually we'd come back here, and it's great to be great to be here. What did you do, if you don't mind me asking? So I flew helicopters for the Navy. Oh, wow. Okay. My wife likes to say I delivered Cheetos and uh, <laughs> to the ships, and I'll own that. It was a great, great career. <laughs> hey, it is needed, my friend. Those Cheetos are looked forward to. <laughs> they help us get by. Now, uh, uh, Dr. Chamber... We're here to talk about primary care. What is primary care, and what is the difference between primary care and internal medicine? So primary care is not a specialty, but really an umbrella term, if you will, for multiple specialties. Um, It includes internal medicine, pediatrics, uh, family medicine, and some obstetrics and gynecology. Internal medicine specifically is focused on the care of adults 18 and over, um, but really specialize in sicker, older adults with complex medical issues. Uh, Pediatrics takes care of children 18 years and younger, and family medicine has a more broad focus, really focusing on anything from birth to death, and often in the context of of family, and and a a doc might see an entire family, uh, kids, parents, grandparents, and even an additional generation in there. And then obstetrics and gynecology, of course, takes care of women's health and, and perinatal care as their specialty. Um, at Sheridan Memorial Hospital Primary Care, we'll be offering both internal medicine and family medicine services uh, to cover all ages. So essentially, you're the doctors I go to for everyday occurrences. Uh, maybe Johnny fell on the field. I'm not sure if he broke his arm or not. I need to go to my family doctor. You Essentially, you're going to be my family doctor in that traditional sense that we were talking about before. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct. And we have, again, the internal medicine side. So if, you, if you're if you a little bit older and complex, you get kind of shifted to that side. And and anything else can be cared for anyone on the team. Now, uh, I'm just trying to clarify. So if I, if I get to you and we do find something more serious, is that where you would look at me and you'd say, you know what, Floyder, we need to get you into this specialist to focus on this particular area? Exactly. I think, you know, primary care really is is and should be the entry point into the medical system. You know, oftentimes in this country, especially with uh, a lack of doctors across all specialties, sometimes you go straight to a specialist, which isn't necessarily the best way to do things. Um, So primary care should be the entry point. You go in to see your doctor. Your doctor knows you well. 
and maybe can take care of the issue, maybe can't. Um, you know, in the system here, we value everybody practicing up to the level of their license. So doing all that they can do, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then you know transferring to a different specialty or or referring to a different specialty to cardiology, for example, or orthopedics if they need uh, something done with their with their joints. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, take me back to the beginning. Um, when was the need for this identified, Mr. Sinclair, uh, up at the hospital? I think I think this is where the the hospital is just listening to the community to say what needs aren't being met and then how do we do that? So th- that's years of planning and just a continual process of and, and hearing what what gaps are there. And one of the things was uh, was availability of uh, being able to get in to see a provider. That was one of the things that that uh, we were hearing and also just the convenience, like how how convenient is it and how connected are we to the community? Um, and so those are those are things that kind of start start the conversation and and then uh, when that when those things are identified now it's time to put a plan together and so you know the the planning happened we were just talking about it how quickly that comes together and it takes the whole hospital I mean this was primary care is supported and and works with every area across the whole hospital so we need to coordinate care and it is done well because these, these teams work together and um, and so you have the hospital pharmacy, you have supplies, you have our environmental services staff, you have IT, you have all of our um, specialties that we just talked about. Everybody needs to work together. So the plan, once that need is identified and we're attacking it, it happened pretty quickly. I mean, we were just, we were just laughing about, boy, that 60-day getting to opening was all hands on deck, making sure that day one when patients show up, it's going to be a fabulous experience, and, and that's just the level of professionalism that this team has at Primary Care, and their focus every day is meeting the expectation of their team. So, And I can tell you, you know, as someone who's moved around Wyoming quite a bit, uh, m- both for educational purposes, for, for my profession, being able to find a doctor that would look at you and, and you know, grab your hand, look at your fingernails and say, you know what, I think this is what's going on. And I know that sounds, you know, kind of 19th century, but but there were doctors like that. And there was a trust that you had where I can take my child to you and say, figure this out. And, and com- complete trust in one individual who knows us, who knows my child, who knows my medical history. It's unfortunately rare uh, and hard to find in, in this day and age. Now, Mr. Sinclair, that, that planning process, uh, a lot goes into planning before feet start moving, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how long was the planning process itself? Was it just the 60 days or was, does this stretch way back? No, the, the planning process stretches farther back than that. I think that it was kind of the go time. We had a, a team that met on a weekly basis for those 60 days and then a daily basis as we led up to the opening. But yeah, the planning process, as I said, takes years. It just is identifying what are those needs um, and then when do when when are we able to um, execute on that. So, you know, I, I think that it's a continual thing we're always looking at, Floyd. I, I mean, it's it hasn't stopped. I mean, it's evolution. It's a, it is evolution and it's saying, okay, now we're, we're there and we're continuing to say, how do we do this? I mean, the numbers of 
of uh, patients that um, this team is seeing is just incredible and it's exciting. We get excited every day when we go down there and see see patients um, with smiles and, and getting seen and see the numbers, but it's it's continual. So what things do they still need? And then, um, you know, what ways can we support the primary care team? Maybe what, uh, what additional resources needed, um, what communication is needed to make sure the community understands just what this team is here to do, which is what you said, provide that that trusting guidance so now maybe there was maybe there wasn't but is there a hurdle that you can identify uh in this planning process where you were like that was the hardest challenge to overcome <laughs> i think there was a lot of hurdles for yeah it. i think i think unfortunately we just have people that don't give up you know yeah. what i mean people that when they see a, a hurdle um it, it just doesn't stop us it, it just can't i mean because it's too important and that's what I hear. I, I know um, our providers just have a really, all, all of our physicians and advanced practice clinicians um, and all the support team have such a high level of expectation. Uh, it just isn't, failure isn't an option. And so. Something else that's extremely important in your professions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we find a challenge. It's not a, oh, we can't do anything. It's a, now we need, now we find a solution. Uh, no matter what it takes, we find a solution. So if we were to say from the very beginning to the doors opening, how long did this process actually take? You, <laughs> You're just wanting an exact date. Well, I wish I, 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 I think it's about six months. Six months, I think six the, months from beginning to end. Yeah, okay. six months from, hey, here's, here's uh, we need to take care of this. This is identified concern. We need to really address this. I think our team got together, um, put together that overall plan, and then, um, what resources do we need? Identifying all of those, and then the execution phase again. That that sixty days execution happened really seamlessly because of all that prior planning and right, yeah. right. You had the foundation laid. You just had to go in and build the house around it. Right? <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, it, doctors, uh, y- you both jumped on board with this because of that idea that that hometown doctor feel, uh, Doctor Shambler. Is that is is that why you were like, you know what? I'm in, or did they come to you and say, you know what, we think you'd be a good fit? A little bit of both, really. Uh, And I'm all in with just primary care in general, regardless of which specialty we're talking about. Um, I think it's, you know, our country needs more primary care in general. And and if you, I know I live and work here in Sheridan, but I would put this medical system in this community, um, all providers here, whether they're at the hospital or not, up against any other community. I think we provide phenomenal care here. And I think we have numbers and data to show that costs are decreased here, mortalities decreased, hospital length of stay. And all that is a testament, I think, to uh, all the all the providers here. And we have a, a really strong primary care base to build upon with this new practice as well. Dr. Rinker, same same thing, kind of a team effort to, to, to get the position? Yes, absolutely. Dr. Shamber, and I started talking and it knowing the care and the quality that's in this community, I was all in. Yeah. It was a, it's an excellent opportunity for family practice to be a part of this community going forward and coordinating care and building relationships. And, and like Dr. Shamber said, the system here was already set. I mean, to to do something like this within 60 days or six months, that doesn't happen if you didn't already have excellent providers and a system in place to help this grow and mature. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. That foundation, right, exactly. that we build the house around. It's exactly. got to be there. It's absolutely got to be there. And there's something absolutely inspiring. Uh, you get that burning sensation in your chest, that good burning sensation. When we all have the ability to join hands and head in the same direction with the same idea, you know, especially when it comes to something as important as care for our community. All right, on that, when we return, we're going to continue with the Sheridan Memorial Hospital primary care practice. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Governor Rick Perry, who called Trump a cancer on conservatism, turn your head. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. There, listeners, I'm every over-enthusiastic radio announcer ever. And if you think that's enthusiastic, then you need to check out Best Real Estate because we are enthusiastic about selling properties. So if you or someone you know is looking to buy or sell, we are your go-to real estate team. Call us at 675-BEST or visit our website at bestwy.net for all of your real estate needs. Have you heard? Sheridan's own VacuTech is growing and they're hiring powder coaters, machine operators, welders, and more. With great opportunities for advancement, working at VacuTech is much more than just a job, it's a career. VacuTech offers outstanding benefits including comprehensive health, dental and vision coverage, matching 401k, paid time off, and relocation assistance. Not to mention top-notch compensation. For more information and to apply, visit VacuTech's open opportunities page on their website at vacutechllc.com. No, no, no! Crashing sucks. Do you trust your tires and brakes to protect you? Tires and brakes are crucial to the safety of your vehicle. Midas Tire and Auto can help. They'll inspect your vehicle, let you know what needs attention and what can wait. Plus, right now you can save a hundred bucks instantly on Cooper Tires and fifty bucks on brake service. Midas Tire and Auto, your first stop for brakes and tires on East Brundage Lane in Sharon. We need someone in Cheyenne who listens, someone with strong work ethic, and someone who will fight for small business. Hi, I'm Jared Geyer, and I own a small business right here in Sheridan, and I know what it means to work hard and earn an honest paycheck. Cyrus Weston will work hard to reduce the size of government and keep regulations off our backs. He knows how important small businesses are to this community and cares greatly about job growth. If you support small businesses like mine, you should support Cyrus Western. Paid for by friends of Cyrus Western. It might only be a midterm election, but it might change the course of political discourse in Sheridan County. And SheridanMedia.com is your election page for Sheridan County. Just log into SheridanMedia.com for election results from the Sheridan County Courthouse. We'll be updating the results as soon as the polls close and all the way until your candidate wins or loses. For election results in Sheridan County, go to SheridanMedia.com your election headquarters. 
Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. This morning I'm speaking with the medical director at Sheridan Memorial Hospital Primary Care, Dr. Christopher Shamber, and from Family Medicine Primary Care, Dr. Erica Rinker, and the Chief Development Officer at Sheridan Memorial Hospital and the Foundation. Mr. Cody Sinclair. We're discussing the new primary care practice offered by Sheridan Memorial Hospital. And for, for those who may not know, uh, maybe they're out there listening, they haven't heard much about this, where is this new practice located? 61 South Gould Street, right next to the Pony. Right next to the Pony. So it's, it's right almost downtown. I mean, that's essentially downtown. Downtown. Now, uh, why was this location chosen? So I think there, it was a building the hospital had already, um, and and sort of picking a central location that that people didn't have to travel, you know, all the way up the hill. Um, it sounds silly in Sheridan, of course, but uh, somewhat of a more central location and and downtown, lo- you know, located next to all the services where people go to yeah. on a daily basis for for work or banking or or what have you. And. You know, there are going to be those folks who were like, I got to be downtown anyway. <laughs> I might as well call in, make an appointment and stop off. Or once I'm done with my appointment, I'm going to go shopping, maybe knock out some other errands. And, and what are the services that are available at the primary care practice currently? So currently you would see your physician or advanced practice clinician there as you would at the main campus of the hospital. We also have the ability to do blood work there, so we can draw that and have that. Uh, For imaging right now, so things like chest x-ray or CAT scans, those type of services are still up at the hospital main campus as they were before. So nothing has changed. Big pieces of equipment are needed for that. Yeah, exactly. So we can still order those and and get people set up as we would had we been practicing at the main clinic. What is the actual primary goal of primary care? Do yeah, we, so, oh, go ahead, please, please. So I would say access in a single word, access. Um, you know, the community is the oldest community or county in the state. And, and so from an adult perspective, absolutely, we need more providers. And, and wanting to give patients just a different option for their care. Um, although we think, you know, at the hospital we provide great care if if you only have one option to go and see a doctor maybe that's not the person for you mm-hmm. you need a, a different option and and i think people want and need that and i think that was some of what the hospital was hearing that mr sinclair talked about earlier um and so it just gives patients a different option a different location um and that's what i think patients needed and wanted same level of care just a different type of feel to it uh you know the specialists that are taking care of uh, our needs up at the hospital and our family doctor something that we've talked about extensively so far i mean i think that's and as i said before that's very rare so even just to have that option itself i've got a feeling you guys are going to be pretty busy down there uh which of course is one of the goals now what else about primary care would either of you really like the public to know before I let you go? I would say it uh, doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter um, who you are, if, if what your age is. If you need to be seen, we will see you. Yeah, yeah. And if we got to go farther than that, 
we'll find out the place where you need to go. That's fantastic. Doctors, thank you so much for taking time out of those very busy schedules. I know you've got uh, a lot to do down there. Uh, and, and Mr. Sinclair, you're going to stick around with me as we transition into transitional care. Sounds great. Well, <laughs> All right, Docs, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, when we return, we're going to talk about the new transitional care services offered by the Sheridan Memorial Hospital. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Edison Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Tara Nethercutt wants to be Secretary of State, but refuses to follow campaign transparency rules and supported a massive pay raise for the office. Nethercutt undermines election integrity by supporting unsecured ballot drop boxes that lead to ballot harvesting. And she voted against Wyoming's voter ID. A better deal, conservative Republican Chuck Gray. Chuck Gray voted against the pay raise. He authored Wyoming's voter ID, and Chuck Gray will make ballot harvesting a felony. Endorsed by President Trump, Chuck Gray for Secretary of State paid for by the committee to elect Chuck Gray. Hi, this is Chance Harris. And I'm Laura Wichick. Did you know Harker Mellinger provides services to help you with your payroll and accounting problems or business concerns? Schedule an appointment today to discuss how our professional staff can find the solutions that work best for you. Harker Mellinger has been providing quality service for Sheridan area businesses for over 37 years. Remember, you get our exclusive fixed fee, one monthly fee, unlimited phone calls and meetings. Call Harker Mellinger today, 672-0785. Sheridan Orthopedic Associates continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence in Northeast Wyoming and Southern Montana with the addition of Dr. Jory Wasserberger, a Wyoming native and fellowship trained at the Mayo Clinic in Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. Wasserberger joins a team of highly rated surgeons providing spine, sports, hand, hip, knee, and shoulder surgery, joint replacement, and more, including emergency care 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit us at SheridanOrtho.com to learn more. Nashville Icons coming to Bighorn Mountain Country. It's the 2021 Forever West Songwriter Festival, August 18th through the 20th. Sparrow Wigwam, Wild Theater, and Sod Farm Festival events will host several legendary songwriters who've written hits for the likes of Brad Paisley, George Strait, Garth Brooks, Chris Young, Hank Williams Jr., Reba McIntyre, and Chris Stapleton. The Forever West Songwriter Festival. Find schedule and ticket information at foreverwestfestival.com. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, Visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. 
Joining me and Chief Development Officer at Sheridan Memorial Hospital and the Foundation, Cody Sinclair, for the second part of our show this morning is the Transitional Care and Welch Cancer Center Manager at Sheridan Memorial Hospital, Tommy Ritterbush. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I, I love having bright, smiling faces <laughs> in here in the morning, right? Yes. Now, uh, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do for the hospital? Sure. So I'm a registered nurse, and I've worked at the hospital for eight years. It went by really fast. But I have loved every year there. It's just a great place to work. Um, starting my career as a registered nurse there and then joined the cancer center early in my career. Moved into management there and have really grown there. Then about last year, um, took over the new project for the TCU and um, have really just been enjoying that process, watching it come to life and seeing this new beautiful unit be built so we have this new space for the community it's been a really fun adventure and it is a very large uh unit isn't it yeah. i mean this is a good size extension of the hospital now uh, cody you 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 and i've talked about this mm -hmm. in the past you utilized space that was not being used by the hospital what was that space beforehand? Storage or? Well, yeah, I think that I think that's a great story, Floyd. That this um, is a part of the original 1954 hospital. So, um, you know, we we as we went through this process, we learned a lot about that too, with people visiting who remember receiving care there because those were our hospital rooms. Oh, how cool! And then in the late 90s, uh, they changed some of the regulations for airflow. So. They required a, a you know five cycles of air every hour, and and there wasn't the HVAC system to be able to handle that. So at that point, that planning and community support led to you know the building of the patient wing that's currently on the west side of the hospital, and it was just a different also um, time for care and how to provide care. Um, and so as uh, we were. Um, in the midst of things back in March of 2020, and and people, you know, we were all preparing for. Uh, for COVID and the pandemic and what to expect, there was uh, a need for identifying rooms to be prepared. And those spaces, there was still oxygen in the walls. And so the, the, uh, the team, the hospital team said, this is an opportunity. And, and after the rooms had gone to um, the patient wing, those were turned into conference rooms and office spaces. And so those were quickly, I think within two weeks in uh, the spring of 2020, those all the office spaces and conference rooms were removed. Um, oxygen was brought out of the walls, and, and we were able to, um, as far as beds, over 140 beds available you know, uh, in the hospital. And so that, that kind of kicked that um, wow. planning and discussion about transitional care forward. And so that was kind of an exciting, exciting time to say, hey, here's a, a part of the hospital that really would be great to be used for care, patient care, um, and, and giving that back to the community in that way. So so if we look back on it, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because uh, what I'm saying is mm -hmm. we thought we need a transitional care unit. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then we found uh, that, you know, we, we found we discovered that we could use this uh, former wing or we discovered we could use this former wing and we're like transitional care unit. Yeah, I think the, the master site and facilities plan of the hospital transitional care has been on that plan and being a part of the discussion and lots of different 
options? Like, what are the options to address this need in the community? You know, the cost of building something new, another wing, is just really costly. And I, I think that that's when this came, you know, the opportunity came um, to to have a space that was cleared out and ready. And then I think the, uh, the next phase of that, when um, there were funds available um, through um, the ARPA, the federal funding, and, and the state um, granted the hospital the funds to to install the HVAC system. So that really kicked it off and made it something of a, again, repurposing space is much more cost efficient. Oh. But it's also really great to see that it's it's a, a need that was there, identified something that um, is just critical. We have a current uh, transitional care unit, but it uh, it has eight beds. And, and the needs that identified when we looked at what's being served, our community being served outside of Sheridan for transitional care, uh, more patients were being served outside of Sheridan than were able to come to Sheridan. So we, you know, I think looking at that planning and wanting to, to build for, for that, to be able to uh, meet the community needs, that's where the, the concept for and the space for 20 um, individual uh, private rooms on the second and third floor of the original 1954 hospital came to be. And before I go too much farther, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've got a question because you were a registered nurse, mm-hmm. which fantastic job. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it is, though. I mean, it's, it's such a fulfilling job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's tiring. You're on your feet all day, moving around, but the work that you do is so vital and critical to people. Um, I mean, to real people. What inspired you to say, you know what, I'm going to take this a step further and, and I'm going to help run this transitional care unit? Was it just the experience that you had? Because this is a very critical point mm-hmm. in, in a lot of people's lives when they go into this transitional care which we'll discuss just exactly what that is. But I want to know why you made that jump. Absolutely. So when you're a nurse, you want to serve people. You want to be around people. You want to care for them. You want to give them a piece of you to make sure that they know that there's someone out there that wants them to get better, that has a caring thought towards their, you know, health and improving that. Um, One of the reasons I loved working at Welch was because it was a place where people could get care during a really delicate time of their life where they've had this horrible diagnosis or a really big need and they just need home and they need people that care about them and to have that kind of specialty in a small town like ours is really special Mm -hmm. and then to see the transitional care unit have something to offer very similarly in that we want to expand a service that gives people just that a place to recuperate where they're close to home they can have their families with them they can have the people that care about them around them, a care team that cares about them. That's something really special to be a part of. And that's why it just really sounded like something I wanted to jump on and take on and be a part of. Tommy, you've seen people in some dire straits in their life. How important is it for those people to see that family come through that door? Uh, In your experience, what changes about them? I mean, that's your comfort is having those that love you around you. I think a lot of times um, the lack of that is where people have difficulty. You know, it's who am I going to have help me with this? Who could help me if I'm two hours away or four hours away? It's scary. 
And I think not only is a diagnosis scary or something, a big hurdle to jump if you've had a surgery or recent illness, you know, that's a big life event. Yeah. And to not have those people that give you security and care and comfort like near you, that makes it really even more scary. So being able to keep them at home where that security is, that safety net, that's huge for a patient. It's it says a lot for what hope really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you don't have hope, my goodness, you know, I can remember, um, I was in a situation, my daughter came through the door and I really literally felt and thought, hey, there's my hope. Okay. There it is. You know, and, and it changes something physiological mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden there's an extra pep in your step and an extra smile, you know, and, and that is so vital during the healing process to have that security, uh, now, let's let's talk about it. What is transitional care? Sure. Transitional care is a place where after a hospital stay for either a surgery, a recent illness, or a medical condition that has resulted in you being in the hospital, it is the next step to where you can go and get services from a, a big care team of different professionals that come together to give you comprehensive care to get you a safe discharge home. So it's a group of nurses, case managers, physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, dietitians. We can add all the litany of all these people that want to come together and get you to a better place so that you can go home and be successful and not come back to the hospital. Yeah, I get a new hip. Mm -hmm. I'm going to transitional care. Going to learn how to use it, heal up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Surrounded by people who know my situation, who know the dietary needs that I may need to that I might have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's an amazing idea. Uh, Cody, this idea, this, as you said before, you know, it's always kind of been there, but it was it was pretty dang small. Now, the foundation, can you tell us who the foundation are and the part that they played in helping this happen? Sure. The Sheridan Memorial Hospital Foundation um, is a nonprofit that is sole supporter of the hospital. That's the sole purpose of the of the hospital foundation. And um, we have a, a group of board members that's very committed to the mission of supporting the hospital and, and making sure that this uh, community hospital has everything that the community needs. And when this was brought up as a need uh, to the foundation, the hospital made a request to the foundation to raise funds to see that this became a reality. And so, um, you know, that when the foundation was approached by this, I, I know our board were enthusiastic and, and jumped in. But what's really incredible is how this community supports um, healthcare. And, and that was just so reassuring. People saw the need for transitional care because so many people had had an experience with it yeah. or maybe weren't able to get the care here because of that. Um, space. And those are hard stories to hear, but it also fueled us to say, this is really important to bring to our community. So uh, amazing response from our um, community. Um, And, uh, you know, over a thousand um, foundations, donors, uh, you know, that that came together to make this possible and exceed the goal. We set out a goal of 4.4 million and we're nearly $5 million um, in support of that. And that means the hospital is able to bring these services and needs sooner the foundation really supports the hospital so that 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 the um you know the facilities the uh, technology the the things that are needed for our community are here and so that was just a remarkable thing the the leadership at the the foundation board and the hospital board um, and the leadership of the hospital 
um, and the, the physicians and our employees were all behind this project. And I think that spoke to, as we went out to talk to donors, when you have that kind of support um, from the people working every day, uh, it makes a big difference. So, you know, it's it, and, and you and I've, as I said, we've spoken on it before, and I, I know I've said it, but this is essentially Sheridan mm-hmm. coming together to improve their hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, what were some of the techniques that were used to help raise the funds that we mm-hmm. needed to get this done? Because, boy, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's, we really think about it. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Uh, what were some ways that we used to get it? Well, I think I think listening. I mean, really listening to what people need and what their concerns are, and I think connecting. I think the other piece that we had, and I appreciate all the the members of the hospital that had conversations with community members. We did a lot of tours, but we had to connect, connect with all of the other partners in our community, and we have a lot of partners that make this work. Um, so bringing in, um, you know, the the hub and the YMCA and and, and seeing how all these things connect when we're trying to make sure that somebody goes home yeah. and, and stays home, there's a lot of services out there that work with our teams and making sure that, that we're all working together. There was some real excitement build up there and that was fun to see and, um, and just to see how connected and how coordinated our community can be was just, um, just reassuring kind of makes you feel good. We're you get that hope, community. don't yeah. you? You yeah. get that, that burning yeah. sensation Absolutely. in the chest. Uh, the good one. Now, uh, what will this transitional care uh, expansion create for the Sheridan community? Uh, what are we really looking at in the unit? Uh, services and, and when I go to visit somebody, what, what will I see? Gosh, well, I think the first thing is you walk up there and you see our mountains and you see, gosh, this is why I love living here. Yeah. And then you think, wow, and the community supported building this beautiful unit and another reason why I love living here. And then you start looking around and you see a beautiful dining space. You see private rooms, 20 of them, so we can serve a greater population than we have been in the past, been able to serve. Um, You see these beautiful equipment that are just brand spanking new and shiny yeah and they're state-of-the-art to be able to rehabilitate patients um some of the best in the region which is really special to have that here in sheridan um and i think also what i hope everybody sees is just a, a group of caring professionals that are here to help you feel better help get you home which is where everybody wants to be is home where they're comfortable yeah now, what services are going to be offered? Things like physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I go to stay, I get my little room. And no matter what my ailment that I'm trying to heal from is, mm-hmm. is it is it all right there? Or am I going to be transitioned from one area to another? So it's all there within the two floors. So there's 10 beds on each floor. The second floor has our rehab area. And then the third floor has our dining area kind of in a centralized location Um, within both floors and they're just opposite each other on each floor Um, so all those needs can be met between the second and third floor so there's an elevator that helps us get there sometimes they might torture you and make you use the stairs if that's getting you (laughs) if it's helping yeah it's helping but um, we have both so that we can get ourselves moving in the right direction but really it's all there very inclusive in that area and keeps patients just moving with the team there's physical therapy on site right there in those two floors, occupational therapy. We have a really cool space for that. It is its own little kitchen, so it simulates your kitchen at home. Um, they have a tub room so that it simulates having a bathtub at home, how you can get in and out of those. 
Um, we have a speech therapy room. Then there's this big space upstairs where kind of duplicates both as a dining room as well as a place to meet with your family to make plans to go home, make that tr- transition successful, and and um, also have fun activities like movie night and poker night, which we are excited to start getting all those fun <laughs> plans in place so, too. So it's really just a fun place to be. And it, it sounds like it's also going to be like its own little community in there, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, a community dining together, going. And, and I, I think that's vitally needed as well Absolutely. in the healing process, especially if I'm going to be there for weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, it, I mean, is that something that could happen? Could I end up being up there depending on, on what I've got to do uh, for, for quite some time? Uh, and, and when, uh, I'm, I'm running out of time. So when is the transitional care going to be open? It's going to be opening in the middle of September, September. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to get right patients close. in there right away. Yeah. Uh, Cause we are all good to go. Aren't we? Mm-hmm. Everything is set up and now we just got to open up the doors. Yeah. Good. Well, that is fantastic. Uh, Mrs. Ritterbush, thank you so much for coming in thank and, you. uh, spending some time with us and thank you for everything that you do. Honestly, vitally needed. Uh, Cody, thank you for sticking around for both parts, sir. I greatly appreciate you, and I greatly appreciate what you do for the hospital. Yeah, you're welcome, Floyd. Thanks for having us. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Bye-bye, my good boy. Be good while we go on vacation. Ah, Parents get so uptight leaving us precious pets behind, but when they leave us in the quality care of McGraw's Paws, they really have nothing to worry about. We get lots of love and attention from the trained staff. This place is so nice, clean, safe, and pretty darn comfortable, so we dogs and cats have a good time while they're away. Plus, it's in a convenient in-town location for our humans. McGraw's Paws, 1820 Gabriel Court, next to Second Chance Cat Rescue. Call 307-381-2184. We're taking in advance reservations. Hi, this is Dan Marshall with Captain Clean, and I'm proud to be a part of Wyoming's premier cleaning company. Whether we are extracting flood water from your home, cleaning a valued oriental rug, or helping you breathe healthier by air washing your ductwork, we are committed to ensuring our service is the best and our prices fit your budget. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726, or stop by anytime and tour our rug cleaning facility located in the heart of downtown Sheridan. We clean more for you. We're Conserve local lands and ranches at SCLT in Bloom, presented by Sheridan Media, September 10th in the Whitney Center for the Arts at Sheridan College. Learn about the 11,000-year-long history of Native Americans in Yellowstone with archaeologist and author Dr. Douglas McDonald. Enjoy cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, and desserts beginning at 6.30 p.m. 
live and silent auction, shotgun raffle, paddle raise and more at SCLT in Bloom, Saturday, September 10th. RSVP at SheridanCLT.org. Are you ready for a new career? Your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo and Gillette is in search of crew members and shift managers. Owner, Larry Storrow. Bob, one of the many benefits of working for McDonald's is our tuition assistance programs. You can earn a college degree through Colorado Technical University with 100% of your tuition covered. Or you can earn up to $3,000 in tuition assistance for Sheridan College or the University of Wyoming. Come in and we'll explain all the details. If you need your high school diploma, McDonald's will assist with that as well. Join the McDonald's team today. McDonald's working to brighten your future. Project Schoolhouse and Joey's Fly Fishing Foundation are presenting the 2022 Sod Farm Festival Saturday, August 20th from 3 to 9 p.m. Bring your lawn chairs and blankets for an evening of local talent and Forever West songwriter icons. Enjoy libations from Luminous Brewery and food from Stoke Wood Fired Oven and Beano's. Tickets are $25 in advance at the Wild Theater or $30 at the gate with net proceeds going to Project Schoolhouse and Joey's Fly Fishing Foundation. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B, Sheridan. every aspect of American capitalism. Rioting, burning, and looting began. And there's no police presence down here. Watch the film that is waking people up. A cinematic page-turner. Mind-blowing. Excellent. Eye-opening. A masterpiece. A sequel that stands on its own. Uncle Tom Part 2. An American Odyssey. Pre-order today on Salem Now.